Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Hey, welcome to the COB. It is the 1st of September, the start of a brand new month. I'm Nadine Blaney. Here with Scuddy Scuddy, I'm starting to really get excited about spring being in the air. Certainly feels like there's been a bit of a change. I definitely noticed waking up now. It's, uh, I always wake up before my alarm. It's very early in the morning, but by the time I wake up now, it's just on yeah. a little skerrick of light. So summer is just around the corner. I'm excited for it. Me too. Okay. Um, to say that, <laughs> we didn't have the best start to the new month. As far as the index performance went, I mean, really finishing down close to 2% for this first day of September. Yeah, I'm not sure what it says about the first day of September or the last day of August, but uh, maybe some uh, month-end window dressing and uh, the window has been shattered today, but uh, certainly pretty ugly across the board. The banks are after you know, what we saw in the United States. There was some weakness in the financials there. The banks really copped it uh, across the board, really, though. Uh, anything that was an offshore earner as well was few headwinds created by the Aussie dollar, yet again, fresh two-year highs today in Asia. Certainly seems as if the Australian dollar can continue to rally. You know, CBA saying that it could be supported because of foreign investor buying and also before the settlement of last week's mega Australian government bond auction. So there's a lot going on there and just persistent U.S. dollar weakness as well. We saw the U.S. dollar weakening further through the Asian session. Signs that China continuing to lead this global economic recovery. Uh, with that Shaichin uh, manufacturing survey out, it beat expectations at 53.1 points in August. So suggesting that demand is finally improving. And that's a key piece of the puzzle. Yes, I, uh, I saw one of the uh, news outlets when described it as soars to new decade high. Uh, I was at 53.1, I think it was up 0.3 of a point. But look, uh, nonetheless, it's a, it's a reasonable sign. It uh, certainly suggests that things are chugging on okay in, uh, in China. Uh, but uh, realistically, uh, the most important thing for me out of that release was the uh, external part. So uh, new export orders rose yeah. in the expansionary territory for the first time in a while. It's been a rare, rare time that we've had any positive news on the trade front recently. So we'll take this one today. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Good one. Okay, and we've got building approvals here in Australia rising by more than expected 12% month on month in July. It always comes with the caveat that this is a very volatile read. Dwelling prices falling about 0.5% on month across the eight capital cities. Current account posting a record surplus of $17.7 the fifth consecutive quarterly surplus. But the Australian dollar, not really moving on any of that data and not really moving even though it got a mention in the statement of monetary policy from the rba yes it's a first time for everything well first time for uh for something you know the rba has actually mentioned the uh the currency for the first time in a long time today so it was very uh, factual though it wasn't sort of putting any spin on it or they weren't weighing in on whether they thought it was fair value overvalued undervalued they just said this is why we've seen it rise and it has um yeah pushed yeah. higher 
But by very the fact that they mentioned it uh, tells you everything you need to know. So exactly. It's on the radar now. Once it gets into that uh, that statement, uh, it means it's on the radar. So any unjustified or unwarranted moves, particularly if we see uh, some weakness in commodity prices moving forward, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but if that happens and the Aussie dollar remains at these levels or continues to push higher, maybe that language will become a little bit more forceful because yep. uh, there's nothing that uh, Australia needs less right now than a very, very expensive currency. You could say laying the groundwork. Now, the other big news out of the RBA was uh, that it decided to increase the size of the term funding facility, make the facility available for longer. So I think that comes to the end of June. Yep, June 2021. What do you make of it? I suppose, again, that question always comes down to to demand and the willingness of institutions to lend. Yeah, creditworthiness of, uh, of counterparties is a big one as well when you're in a recessionary period and, and weak economic conditions. Look, it's helpful, undoubtedly, but the one thing that Australia I don't think needs too much of, particularly in the private sector, is more debt. Uh, so I wonder whether it's going to actually go and cure anything of the economy's ills that were already in place prior to the pandemic by simply adding on more debt. It will, may help at the margin to go and help smooth things over, but I think we need to see some reforms starting to come through to go and make the economy more resilient uh, to future downturns because there will be some in the future. Okay, and so this is all setting us up for the GDP figures that come out tomorrow. Uh, they will be historic in so far as they will confirm that we're in a technical recession and the headline figure will probably be pretty negative. I think CBA has the GDP fall for the second quarter at 5.4%. But there is again a pretty big range. Morgan Stanley, to compare and contrast, is expecting to see it down by about 3.7% year on year. So yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what's to come but the general consensus i think scotty if you agree is that it won't be potentially as bad as we thought it was going to be certainly doesn't seem so but uh i'm interested to see what the household consumption services component that's by far the biggest component in the uh in the actual release uh and that won't be known until 11:30 tomorrow when the actual national accounts arrive so uh i suspect that there might be some pretty significant downside risk in that component because i think a lot of that uh, spending strength that we've seen in the retail sales space that uh, has helped to go and promotes the uh, share prices of a lot of discretionary and uh, also the supermarkets higher may have actually come out of that, uh, that services spending space. So if that's very weak, then we're going to have a big downside miss. We'll find out one way or another. It's ancient history in the scheme of things, yeah. though. That is the key thing. It's almost uh, it's taking data from nearly five months ago. Uh, so take it with a grain of salt. It'll get lots of uh, no headlines, lots of unprecedented uh, headlines as well. <laughs> But uh, I think the ramifications should be put in context. So we're now on the recovery path back. The key question is how long it will take. I used another adjective. I used historic instead of unprecedented just to change hey, it up. I come it. from a finance background. I've got no <laughs> imagination. So that's my uh, Not my true. Word. Not true. Okay. So, um, yeah, you mentioned that it's backward looking. It always is backward looking. But you've got to think just because of this, the, how fast the pandemic is moving, how fast the headlines and the situation is changing, this one even more so. Uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves, though. Let's bring it back to equities today. Uh, one sector that everyone's talking about is the buy now, pay later space. Afterpay down by eight and a half percent. Zip doing pretty poorly as well. It was one of the worst performers. Uh, if you took a look at the 200 overall, it was off by more than 11 percent. PayPal. 
PayPal pushing in in the US, but you've got to think, Scotty, that a lot of people will just see this as a buying opportunity for those names. Well, potentially, that's certainly been the trend recently, but uh, I know that some people think, I oh, know PayPal is like an old person's thing. Well, yeah, maybe, but uh, some city research I was reading today just puts it in context. There are 190 million active PayPal accounts in the United States. Uh, if only, you know, 20%, 30%, half of those will actually go down the path of buy now, pay later. My goodness, it's going to make the job of the, the locally listed buy now, pay later providers all the more harder. Uh, to be honest, I, I wish I'd written about this uh, in Scotty's view because it's something that I had been thinking about for a while, but I thought, nah, don't be stupid. But I was always wondering why one of the big players, and I always thought it would be a credit card uh, uh, behemoth, mm-hmm. MasterCard, something on those lines would look to go crush these companies and go and steal this market share, nip the other problem in the bud. But maybe it'll be PayPal because PayPal is owned by eBay. You think about the e-commerce chains that mm-hmm. go and come with that. What a threat it is. If they go and take it seriously, it's going to be a real headwind for the local players. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And just to prove that Scuddy does have imagination, you need to read today's Scuddy view in the newsletter. I'm not going to go too far into it, but Jay-Z does get a mention. Word, Scuddy, word. Yes, uh, save chips, sack chips for a rainy day, I think is what he uh, said many years ago. <laughs> You're going to have to sign up for the newsletter if you want to know the details on that one. Let's just tease him, shall we? Yeah, exactly right. Okay. No. This, uh, Australians have been saving up some money. That's yeah, what yeah, okay. Uh, let's talk about reporting season. Still had a few names coming through today. Fluence is one. Uh, I know Ingrid had a good chat with uh, the CEO there. If you'd like to listen to that one, you can do so via the show notes. Also, telecommunications equipment provider Beam Communications saw a pretty solid result. And uh, that one's accessible by the show notes. And I had a good chat with the CEO of Rex Airlines. Actually, apologies, it's the deputy chair, John Sharp of Rex Airlines. Yes, it's tough going. Huge thank you to the government uh, coming from Rex for keeping them flying, saying they will continue to need the support, but also some interesting color about where people are moving, uh, where people are traveling, and uh, particularly you know, he just thinks that it's in our blood and that we will start traveling, but that the face of it will be changed forever. And you can listen to that interview via the show notes as well. I enjoyed speaking with him. I can uh, hope it translates well. Um, and that is actually the stock of the day. So we had two expert guests sit down with David Kosh. Mark Moreland from Team Invest starts the thoughts on Regional Express. Difficult industry. It's very capital intensive. I think yep. Rex is in an, in an interesting position. It's got quite uh, strong management and they, they clearly have an opportunity to potentially take advantage on uh, the dis- dislocation in the market. Yeah. But it's, it's a bit of a speculation really because whether they'll be successful in doing that and Qantas has always been very, very tough in um, yep. you know, reducing, slashing prices to whatever it needs to do to kill competitors. I mean, Rex had an argument with them with trade practices, I think, uh, based on Kangaroo Island and other routes mm. where Qantas said, we didn't do anything wrong. All we yeah. do is we just discount the fares to run you out of business. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that, you know, they're still, the, they're still the gorilla. Yep. So I don't know whether they'll uh, be successful in achieving it. But look, you know, good luck to them. Uh, I don't know how you'd invest in it. Though. The problem is the share price is exactly where it was 10 years ago. I just did the I look at the chart. Um, <clears throat> it's been a tough time. Look, and that's, frankly, it's not a bad result for Rex. I don't look at these guys are a really good operational business. Yep. The problem is, as Warren Buffett talked about, you know, if you put a, <clears throat> a management reputation for good management in an industry with a reputation for terrible economics, it's the reputation of the business that remains intact. Aviation is a terrible business, and just time and time again, notwithstanding the fact that COVID was clearly a black swan, um, but time and time again, airlines find new ways of losing a fortune for their owners. I, look, I, I wouldn't touch Rex. I have to say, I have 
have owned it in the past for a short time. I've, I've repented from that sin. Uh, this I'm talking probably seven, eight years ago now. Um, and I've got, I think I bought it and sold it for about the same price it is now because that's what the price has done. Very, right. very, very tough way to make a quid. And that was Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool finishing the thoughts on Rex. And I do believe that was a no thank you very much from both of the gents. I'm still working on Koshi to go and create our hedge fund, well, our hypothetical hedge fund at Ausbiz. So <laughs> uh, any, any uh, two analysts going to agree at the same time that I uh, know they don't like a stock, I think we should go and short it just to go and you know, create a long short fund. I think, I, it's think, a great thing. I think it's a good idea. Hey, maybe we're in the wrong business. Maybe we should just be fund managers. Anyways, we'll <laughs> leave that one there. Okay. Uh, Reporting season coverage continued today. As I mentioned, Jackie Fairley is another one that was really good to speak with Star Pharma CEO. The share price on fire up 11%. You'll have to listen to it to find out why. You can do so via the website or the app. And also, uh, we have again a quiet day on tap when it comes to reporting season. Tomorrow, we're just, we're on, you know, we're, it, it waxes, it wanes, and we're on the digesting side of the equation. Don Hampson, MD of Plato Asset Management, joins us. So he'll be talking dividends and what the outcome was there when it comes to reporting season. And uh, we will also be talking with the, uh, the MD of Pure Foods, Tasmania. So it's a seafood producer, and it's delivering its first full-year results as a listed company. It's always good to talk to those guys. They're always bit pumped. Yeah, we usually go and find out more about the company. I honestly don't know too much about it, but particularly if it's one of its main customers is China. Obviously, big demand there. There's been some problems in that space recently. Sure has been. Okay, other than that, Scotty, tonight we get the ISM manufacturing PMI um, out in the States. We've already talked about the GDP here in Australia. I guess we're looking forward to the non-farm payroll report. And so tomorrow night we'll get ADP, which sometimes is a precursor, although it, it doesn't always give you a good indication of what's to come. Yeah, it's a bit of an iffy guide. So ADP's, uh, no, well, I can't remember. There was a really funny person who uh, went something about Twitter. All over the place. That's, a, that's what it's got to say. <laughs> All over the place. Uh, so, that's, uh, so take that with a grain of salt. Uh, we'll find out what that says tomorrow night. Uh, but ahead of the ISO manufacturing PMI, I always look for the four leading indicators. So uh, looking at uh, things like you know, uh, new orders, uh, CapEx spend, also uh, you know, external demand as well. We talked about the other trade side of things. They are the ones that I'll be looking at moving forward. Also from a holistic perspective, uh, I think the key now is looking at what's going on with US data and European data. I think that will go and probably determine quite a long way how markets as a whole go and fare moving forward. I think everyone knows about central banks and everything else. Mm -hmm. I think it's now up to the economy to go and show that the uh, V-shaped recovery thesis or something at least similar to it is going to go and take part. Yeah, we need the proof in the pudding. Hey, I noticed you don't have your runners on already. Beautiful no. outside. Oh, I'll be running home. Don't worry. So, but uh, yeah, I'm uh, still in work mode. Still in work mode. It's been like one of the uh, Tuesday kind of like no, it's a bit iffy day. But uh, no, we'll go and uh, pick ourselves up. Wednesday's a hump day. We always enjoy it. national accounts. Get Woo! excited. Looking forward to it. See you then, Scotty. See you then. <laughs>